checklists. Checklists save lives. Uh, you got to check your lists when you make a checklist. You think you do it like hundreds of times that you got it? No, checklist day. So... That's right. It's Greasy Conversation. Back again. You made it. You survived. We did it. Congratulations, we, everyone. We thanked. Uh, we gave. Uh, we gave thanks. And we thanked givers. I don't know. I'm wrong with that. Blood offerings to the gods. But now, all all we have is those deep dives. You're listening to Greasy Conversation, the news, dank news, source for news that you should have already known about, and cool science stuff to impress your friends and uh, pretend like you're smart. We've got it Just all. Just like we do. Exactly. We've got our pretend to be smart game strong, and we're <laughs> to the point where we've got to share it with you or we're just never going to get better. It's we true. can't improve unless we do a little mentorship, you know what I'm saying? So welcome to that. Uh, we're, we're bringing it on pompous. We've got to start cocky because, you know, times are like, times are like they are, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it can be like apprentices, apprentices. That's right. It's the yeah. droplets that we've got to get over to the squeaky wheels. You know, squeaky wheels get the grease. So we're calling on our droplets to head off, head off to those squeaky wheels and uh, grease them up gather them um the led screen's broken again <laughs> it does that it's really old in spite of being a p6 and flexible and it was like really expensive when it was new but it was a demo model that's how i ended up with it it's that company doesn't even make it anymore so like it did this before and i lowered the brightness and that made it come back but it must have been a gradual failure because now at even minimal brightness it does this thing but you I'm know it's like in this day. version though yeah, it's fun. It's got it's like an Instagram effect. So if you if you haven't uh, like seen old greasy conversation videos on the YouTube for greasy conversation, like the well, the music band thing, because there's a band too, and we're going to be uh, streaming some of the band stuff again uh, pretty soon. But if you haven't seen it, it's a lot of it has this. Oh no, I do not know how to use Instagram now. They moved <laughs> the make a new post button. Hmm. And now there's a button that makes you uh, embarrassingly loud suddenly on your show instead of <laughs> starting a stream. Right. Yeah. I love it. It's a good feature. <laughs> it's totally professional. It's like the things that uh, I have this gripe. Like, I feel like there's this attempt to separate the like pro content with the like uh, silly like noob creators and not to mention to not like uplift a middle class mm. so i mean by that is there should be like like i like about youtube it, it how how much hype you get is what you get how good it is um is how good it is and if you buy some ads and get some people to see it do some networking uh your video doesn't like look different but like um and like instagram tv it looks your instagram tv looks like uh, Snoop Dogg's Instagram TV or whatever. It's not like framed different. Mm. But then this new thing, I'm just afraid it's going to be like that where it's just like, oh, this is a way to make uh, stupid TikToks so that the Will Smith and stuff can make the real Instagram TV stuff. And your <laughs> silly stuff is in a different stupid category and we can separate it. And maybe that's good and I just got to be on the right side of the category or whatever. Anyway, 
comments in the in the chat. What open? What open? What up, Aaron Shadab? Great to see you. Uh, welcome to the Dank News. Holler in the in the chat. Um, where do you want to start off today, Greg? Uh, how about the the monolith? So check this out. The Stanley Kubrick. Uh, yeah, if you haven't heard about this, there's a, a weird monolith in Utah. By monolith, I mean, man, I might just have to show you. Uh, greasyconversation.com for the video feed. Uh, just click on this episode. It's like, how would you describe this thing? Uh, it's, a, it's a metal triangular shaped thing sticking out of the ground um, that looks square if you're looking at it from the front. It looks like a tall rectangle. Yeah, it it's looks about like... 12 feet tall. It's just a metal slab, it looks like. But if you walk, it's got three sides, so if you walk around it. Maybe like two feet wide, you think? Yeah, it looks about that. Let me show you guys bigger. Yeah, so it's just like in... It looks crazy in the, the Google um, Earth upper view. It looks like a glitch, like there's just this black rectangle on the ground. Yeah, and it's just like in these... Uh, in this canyon, like randomly, um, and it just popped up, and then the amount know, of work to people had to put into finding it, it's crazy. Yeah, but then it goes another level deeper. People were trying to figure out like how long it's been there. Yeah. So they got the Google Earth sleuths uh, that did some investigation, and I think they found that it was like was between 2017 and 2018, if I'm remembering right. I don't know where that. I read that article this morning, but can't remember. Yeah. Oh, I just realized Aaron was asking about the screen. It's a P6. Uh, in LED screen talk, that means it's six millimeters between the center of one LED and the other. And uh, yeah, you don't really need smaller than that on like a stage environment. For this environment, it's kind of silly. We should just have like a TV on the wall. But I had it and I thought, you know, let's go lo-fi. So and anyway, inside dirt. So, okay, so this thing was visible after October 2016 on Google Earth. So sometime around that um, time it was installed. And people were trying to figure out, obviously, who installed it, why was it there, because it's obviously aliens. Um, and then Q2001 Space Odyssey soundtrack and all that. Also, how did it stay clean? Like, someone's been coming over there at the Windex at some point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But... Uh, yeah, it's just so remote. I doubt that's happening. But it turns out someone found uh, a photographer on Instagram who has photos with this thing. There are multiple of them in a location. So it seems like this was put there for a photo shoot, maybe, and just left there. Oh, so there's that's a detail that I didn't catch. There's It's litter. It's litter. <laughs> that's the thing I also want to bring up is your opinions on this. Like, uh, is this cool or is this... Uh something that's going to make extra foot traffic and disturb the, you know, the hoofed thing I, we have over there. I don't know that it'll do that. It seems to be in a pretty, like, remote location. Um, I mean, maybe it's not, though. I'm not familiar with the area. But I don't know if people would be that hyped to go see just uh, rectangle. a metal, yeah, yeah. metal rectangle sticking out of the ground. I did see some great, uh, someone, like, photoshopped the the banana with duct tape onto it. <laughs> oh, you have to explain what that's yeah, a reference so that to. Was, uh, so that was like last year or the year before or something. Uh, some artist just duct taped a banana to a wall in an art gallery. And it sold for like $100,000 plus, something like that. one hundred thirty-five grand or some shit like that. It was just a banana duct taped to a wall. 
maybe a statement on uh, how silly modern art is sometimes. Well, and then the, the banana duct taped to the wall, there is an artist, another artist that went and ate the banana, and they were like cool with it. Yeah, because that's art too, right? Totally. Anything is art. Discuss, greasyconversation.com. You can just tape anything to a wall. And there's some uh, some other examples. There's a, this video I saw on YouTube a while back where someone just like took a pair of glasses and set them down in an art gallery. Yeah. And then people surrounded it and started taking pictures of it and shit. They're like <laughs> just talking about it like it was a piece of art. Or someone, I, I don't know if it, was, if it was planned or they like snuck a pineapple in a display case. How uh, agonizingly jealous does that make you? Like, yeah, I want I, that level of hype for something I did at some point. <laughs> or just, like, the guts I get. Just, to like, do the stupidest thing I can imagine and just be like, yeah, that's right. That's fucking art. Or just because you're, like, you're mocking people, basically, you know? Because you don't honestly think, like, glasses on the ground is art or pedant. But then if I got a bunch of, like, attention for something that I put that little effort into... There'd be a bad feeling too, because of that feeling of like not earning it. Like there'd be super imposter syndrome. <laughs> That's true. And then it's all like the banana on the wall thing. It's, I guess it's about the statement too, but man, fucking art, man. What is it good for? When it really makes you feel, then it's like really feeling time. And that's like what I think it's all about is uh, communicating emotion. Because music especially can touch like emotional vibes that you can't just express with just language. It's yeah, totally. I'm going to make everything similar, I say sound similar, like a question. Like, they're, like the artist, what's his, Mark Rothko, who just does these like big Dude, paintings. I love just, Rothko. Like, where they're just like colors. They're just separate yeah. colors. And he'll do like different tones of like blue where it'll be like a dark blue slightly lighter blue and then maybe like a purple purplish blue and like rectangles on a canvas and you look at a yeah like you look at a picture like that and they're like they're kind of whatever you know but you in person they're like 14 feet tall they're huge they're massive and he used a a weird paint mix too to yeah. make the paint really thin this is a kind of art that really doesn't translate uh, in photographs at all yeah totally not it wasn't until um I saw some video actually of like walking around one and approaching it and you see how the light comes off of this really unique paint in a way that you don't notice when it's just statically there. Like this blue one is just so feely. And like up close, there's all, there's like random speckles of sometimes you'll catch little like speckles of white or black in there, which is like a, you know, is that purposeful? This blue one I'm looking at is on Etsy, so I think it's not actually him, but still feeling it. <laughs> Might be a print. Yeah. Yeah. Serious. These sunsetty, watery ones. Oh man. Or like that. Uh, this is something we touched on a couple episodes ago, but that feeling of um, I'm forgetting all the terminology about it, but uh, a place where there's supposed to be a lot of people, and there's no people there. Oh yeah yeah. yeah like those abandoned diners and shit yeah yeah where it looks like yeah that was a good that's a good word can't remember what it's called uh, i forgot it now get ready because it's um prepare not gonna be found now but it's like two episodes ago um we'll, we'll come back to that 
or like we have come back to that previously in the past. So if we're being like disregarding the fourth dimension, <laughs> then we'll gonna, have had come back to that. We're going to go back, back. <laughs> yeah. So prepare for uh, space odyssey 2001. It's real. So I want to bring up toward the beginning because I want to invite uh, more stories in the comments, but we had a tragic loss to a hero of downtown now, and having lived uh, in and out of downtown basically the last decade, I've seen uh, such an incredible amount of cool stuff happen and people's lives be uh, transformed for the better, including mine in like a couple of different cool ways, all from Tony Shea. And uh, you probably didn't like miss the mention of him not trying to like piggyback his legacy for the episode, but I've got a couple cool Tony Shea stories. I've got a couple to, to tell that people have mentioned in the comments uh, of some posts. And I just really want to celebrate this dude because uh, this is like a, a something I have a hard time even putting into words the emotions of like losing this person. And I feel kind of weirdly numb to it in this moment because it's like uh, game time mm -hmm. with the show. But it was legit killing me yesterday. Like I embarrassed myself at work, like crying over this, which doesn't happen with just an ordinary like celebrity death. Yeah, totally. And um, so uh, haul your stories. Uh, let me throw a quick one out. Life Cube. So um, a few times. years ago, there was this three-story cube that was built in a parking lot uh, based on a uh, Burning Man installation. And Life Cube was built to be something that a bunch of people put their wishes in, or dreams or hopes or whatever. And then the cube is burnt, burnt to the ground. And in that fire, it just really actu actualizes uh, that feeling of having a piece of yourself like in that, uh, doing this dramatic thing. And when the cube was set on fire, uh, my wife, Ange Kerfoot, was at one corner and uh, Tony Shea was one of the other corner uh, Bernie folk. And as cool as that was, it got crazier. So in one of the Life Cube nights, it might have been the night of the burn, Patrick from We Are Pancakes mm -hmm. had a plastic toy bow and arrow suction cup thing. And at this parking lot, there's this neon sign that was restored but uh tony shea changed the sign in the restoration to say llama stay for free <laughs> nice and there's just different jokes on it all the time and it's just really cool and historic and i was shooting this toy bow and arrow at the sign and uh it broke one of the letters in the old part that said like hotel mm -hmm. and it's the sign on the promo graphic it's that same one and uh, and it like took out a letter and I felt super bad. So like that night drunk, I message to his Facebook profile and explain and apologize and offer to pay for it and stuff. And then like a couple weeks go by and, uh, one, one of his staff, uh, messaged me back and was like stoked, uh, said that Tony like complimented me on like admitting it and yeah, stuff nice. and I didn't have to worry about it, Nice, but it was, it was cool. And I wasn't trying to make my Tony Shea story like as puffy as I feel like it suddenly did all of a sudden, but it was cool to experience like uh, kindness from someone that I obviously wronged. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> Even though he's probably like, oh, I was going to break that letter anyway. Fuck it. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else's Tony Say stories involve something like bad that they did to him in his property. <laughs> but it's like, coincidentally, Waz's stories all involve him breaking something. <laughs> well, it gave me an opportunity in that moment to express to him like how I was grateful for what that parking lot represented, so to speak, and like all the art and artists that made money putting people climbing on the poles there and painting llamas there and just how many artists he put to work and, and people he put to work. And just overall, I feel like if I were to put a theme that I'm taking from his life, it's that uh, capitalism and socialism can work together, that you can find a balance. If you put people first, you can do better business than any other thing coming first and still make a ton of money. If the quality of the product and, and ensuring that quality and doing everything you can to like fulfill people's needs like uh, friends you haven't met yet uh, and just generally put people first is like the, the, the lame minimalist but like really true way of, of putting it that uh, you can make everything else work you still got to pivot you can't put people first and like sell something no one wants Right, but yep. if you do the other basic business stuff, you don't have to be cutthroat um, to succeed. There's another beautiful example of this that uh, is SpaceX and ULA, United Launch Alliance. So I watched a YouTube video of a tour of, of that facility where they're making a rocket that's going to go to Mars. And we know Elon's going to Mars too. And you think this might be some bitter rivalry thing, but... What the ULA CEO describes what they have as a cooperation mm -hmm. because they want to compete. Uh, I, I think I made that up. I think he used a better word than that. Uh, so whatever he called it, the idea is like you compete to like with a good sporting attitude, but you want to see the industry succeed more. So the most important thing is that rockets be a thing and that both of them make money. And he was really grateful for what SpaceX did to really uh, like water the garden of the whole idea of launching stuff and really do a lot to like make that industry grow enough that they had business. Like ULA wouldn't have made as much money if it weren't for what SpaceX did. There's so many examples of that. Uh, the Whole Foods guy on Rogan a few days ago was talking about competitors like uh, this grocery store in Texas that he saw them as people that like, if they took risks and did something cool, it was something that they knew they could try and they made money from doing something this other business was doing. But, um, it was like their honest take of it. It wasn't just stealing each other's ideas, but it, it helped the whole industry grow. And you see that with, uh, things like music stores will often do this. Um, they'll send each other to each other if they know another one has a thing or someone's closer and they just, uh, share and that with the industry grows then you got it going on you don't have to be cutthroat and if your industry requires you to be cutthroat what are you doing right so this is a perfect Cuts time cable. <clears throat> i know <laughs> wait we should have thrown that on it but ah. I, think, I think they're like uh, i should have grabbed that article but they're like putting hard data caps again like for a lot of services, just for whatever reason, because, you know, you got to rub their nipples. So you know this is a perfect time to segue into 
the Behringer controversy is plural. Yeah, lay it on me because I'm not super familiar with this. I know you're up on that stuff. Yeah, so we're looking at it right here. Uh, shout out to uh, the Magpie um, on YouTube. Uh, man, this is why we have news notes because everything I've ever known I'm forgetting while on the air. Yeah. Simon the Magpie. I should have just called him that. Anyway, uh, he did a like a uh, in this video I'm going to like a video. <laughs> Man, jeez, those things are called videos. <laughs> uh, just uh, going through the latest Behringer controversy and it was just heartbreaking cuz this time uh, it has to do with like another company that like I've met one of the founders of uh, I've been at their booth at NAM and I just I've loved their products since I had like the first key station. And if you don't get what I'm hinting at, it's the uh where are my tabs? The key step, Arturia. Arturia is the people that are getting, dare I say, ripped off by Behringer. So if you take a look here on the screen, greasyconversation.com, this is the Behringer swing. Now when Behringer came out with the Wasp, Behringer, actually it turns out they're called Behringer. Uh, anyway, uh, that, that I discovered too. But, okay, so the Wasp was a vintage synth that you couldn't buy. That's cool. Bring back vintage gear that you can't buy anymore. Uh, like, all applause for that. But this is absolutely the same as Arturia's key step. And uh, Behringer, as part of music group, which is a huge conglomerate. It's like Korg level big. Yeah. And if you've been to Nam, Korg is so big, they don't even send uh, top level executives to bother at Nam. Like I went to meet like uh, some kind of management at Korg and they just handed me this nice letter explaining that no one from Japan was going to show up at Nam. <laughs> You'll basically. never meet them. No, we just, we've got our uh, American reps here. Uh, feel welcome to contact us, whatever. Yeah. Or, or Roland or something. Roland too is gigantic. But Arturia, I got to like hang out. I met one of the founders. I talked to a couple of people. I talked to one of the hardware engineers, um, demoed a thing of mine with them, checked out some of their stuff. Um, the, the two axis hand position sensor, one of them took a look at, and it was just cool to um, just make that connection. And mm. I love Arturia. I have one of the, I had the first generation of the key lab. So I'm like OG with Arturia, not as OG as when they are just a software company, but man, it just, uh, they're so cool. They're French and they're just an underdog and they're a smaller company and they got that French art vibes on their stuff. Anyway, I could go on and on about Arturia and what Behringer has done here is completely clone this keyboard and they've, they're only selling it for like 50 bucks less. It's just a blatant, like, oh, Cash this, yeah, um. it's black instead of white and it's orange text instead of, you know, whatever. And it's got their orange rocker switch. And it's just like uh, po positioning themselves with all their uh, greater amount of marketing money and just money in general that Arturia doesn't have to just like steal their thing without just no attempt to make a unique and special product. And it's not, you can't patent a design like this at much. I mean, there should be court over this, but it's just, it's hard for a company like Arturia to waste that money to go after this. Like, what do you do? But this has ruined Behringer for me. 
my Behringer stickers ripped off my laptop. <laughs> nice. Um, and I'm over it. Like, cause it, it turns out it doesn't just end there. Um, they made this fake product to attack a journalist and like, what? I'm all about like gag products, but it's just like so classless. So they, there's this uh, reviewer named Kern that always disses Behringer products. Mm -hmm. And like, if I was Behringer, I would send this reviewer like our best product and be like, look, uh, do you like this one at least? And try to be better instead of just making this, uh, this uh, synth called the cork sniffer. And it shows Kern with like a super long nose and knobs that say like smelly and cat pee. And, yeah. and they're all made out of cork. Yeah. And it's like, it, it could, it could be funny, but it's just so classless that it's like, this seems like the spite kind of funny. It's just mean funny. Mm. Like it's only funny to the person that like feels like they're getting some like mean thing out of it. And what's grosser yet is that they did uh, fully high quality CG renders and like a whole video production over it. So you had like, more than one department of staff behind this stupid prank. Yeah. And uh, I'm over them. Uh, so this is just so lame. Yeah, why not, like, try to get them over to your side? Like, that should be the goal. But I guess, you know, that's another issue with, like, large companies like that is you can just, you know, fuck all that bullshit. I've got stars in my eyes for, like, the music gear industry. I've always felt like, okay, uh, the music industry is gross, but the gear makers... Uh, people like Korg and Roland and Fender. Uh, I have my heart with them, you know, Zoom. Um, I've just got, I, you know, I met a bunch of them at NAMM and had them be really cool. The, the freaking modular community is really sweet and they're really cooperative. And to just to see this in this industry that feels like my industry is just really heartbreaking, really, I feel like betrayed. And that, I, and it seems like, unusually hyperbolic for me to go to a word like that in this situation, but I've never seen like this, this kind of example of uh, shitty business ethics. Like it's just yeah. such an ethics violation. There's me. like a side. If you scroll down further, there's a side by side of the keyboards. Yeah. And you can see how this is I mean, inexcusable. It is. And, uh, I mean, it should be easy to like do your own thing. There's no societal justification for this. There's no village in the history of humankind that would allow, just allow this without just unchecked um, things just being big and unchecked. And it has nothing to do with who's from where because uh, I don't want anyone to think that this is some German thing because Ableton is also German and Ableton is the exact opposite of this. Uh, they're like... Uh, I just have nothing but the best vibes for Ableton, uh, which is a software product, by the way. It's a DAW that's really special in the way that you can do like live uh, music like stuff on peak it. Peak German, peak German design. Yeah, Ableton is. So uh, Buck brings up a solid point too that Amazon's kind of like hella doing this on the regular with their like Amazon versions of a bunch of other products. They're like also under, undersold. Now, there's some gray areas with this, and I'm not defending Amazon because it's just something that I've only noticed a couple other products like this, and uh, I don't know enough to judge. But I, I have a feeling that like bucks onto something equally unethical. But 
when you release something that's similar and it's uh, a major price break, uh, it, sometimes it's just the kind of healthy competition that drives prices down and uh, stops a product from being like overpriced just because it's the only thing being made. And then that makes the originator need to step up their game a little, add a feature, evolve it, um, maintain a higher durability factor. Because oftentimes cheapering it out uh, also means a, a less durable version. But there is no advantages to this unless you like a yellow switch instead of a gray one. It's probably not made as well. I mean, just from what I know about hardware construction, um, that type of switch isn't as durable as the type of switch Archer is using just straight up. But it's not about that anyway. But some of the Behringer buttons are bitter. It's bigger. only it's only $50 less or something like that. It's like it, trying to hit the same price point even. It's just so 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 gross. But rather rather than wallow about that too much, that might be a good time to to send her off to uh, William. Hey, some Bilbo's. Hey, Rio Vegas Rocks listeners. It's your favorite habitual line stepper, Sober Sal from the Not Playing Stupid podcast. For those who know me, I'm all about barbecue. The problem I was running into is finding a place when I'm out of town that is one, amazing, and two, won't cut into my drinking money. So next time you're in Vegas, you gotta check out Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Jesse Ray's Barbecue is an award-winning barbecue joint that serves Vegas' best slow-smoked ribs, chicken, pulled pork, hot links, and my favorite, brisket. Trust me when I say it's not just good, it's delicious. So before you blow your kid's college fund at the roulette wheel, or marry the chicken mint five hours ago while playing Keno, make sure you do on a full happy stomach at Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Casino. Mention you heard this ad from my show, and you get a free punch in the mouth from sweet old Jesse Ray herself. Mm-mm, that has got some kick. So don't forget Jesse Ray's Barbecue, where they're all about that butt. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-918-7169. 800-918-7169. That's 800-918-7169. Be sure to get your mix of music. Listen to us with the RadioVegas.rocks app available at the App Store. And check out our VIP card, interact with us in our chat room, and scheduling of our RadioVegas.rocks shows, plus podcasts. It's all available on RadioVegas.rocks app. Welcome back to Greasy Conversation. We got your dank news, and we've got some grease-related moment right now. It's droplet news. Radio Vegas dot rocks. Specific oil droplet news, which is interesting. But it's this uh, team of researchers that have made synthetic oil droplets to act like predators. Basically, that you could find in small 
living organisms um, using chemicals so they can make an oil droplet chase and try to eat other oil droplets or try to absorb other oil droplets. Wow. So and this... there's a little video um, of this crap. in action. It's crazy. Oh, look at him chase. Oh, oh, I paused dramatically. Hold on. Oh, here we go. All right, play by play. We've got a circle, and it chases after this other circle. And when it gets it, it pushes that other circle fer ferociously. Yeah, this it's is just, ten times real time too. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy. Oh, and then scroll down, and there's a bigger uh, group of them Whoa. happening. But it looks like I don't know what the applications could be for this, but maybe like helping clean up oil spills would yeah. be something that like jumps to my mind right away active movement moving the cleaning along it's like scrubbing bubbles yeah whoa scrubbing bubbles real is real ones. yeah but it's just interesting um a chemical pretty sciencey obviously is trippy. yeah did not know something like that could go down neither did i i wonder if these people did before they did it if Makes it was an accident wonder if stuff like that happens in the body like there's little chasings going on but it's not like a smart chasing it's just some molecules hunting each other bounty sure. hunter brothers show me shout out hunting bounty hunter <laughs> brothers <laughs> nice. uh, that's a band i should explain things that i randomly say bounty hunter brothers is a band we stole their bassist because greasy conversation has a bassist now in the, in the music stuff we'll show you later yeah excellent addition excellent addition uh, up next old drugs found in california cave Whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they found um, evidence of hallucinogenic drug use in these uh, residue of these hallucinogenic flowers um, in the cave near these cave paintings that always been like linked to uh, shamanistic experiences and that type of thing. But now they found uh, hard evidence that that's what went down for these little... Uh, spirit journeyers so tell me more about that theory behind hallucinogens maybe like making people like wake up and and connect parts of the brain to come up with things that led to society and stuff yeah that's definitely a theory i don't know how much like weight that holds as far as because the uh, there's a theory that like our early early ancestors um would eat hallucinogens and because Hallucinogens have been shown to connect all kinds of areas of your brain that usually don't talk to each other. And that's what causes all of the hallucinations and stuff. And basically gets rid of the uh, part of the filter for a lot of incoming information. Um, that that could connect parts of the brain and develop, you know, different areas, whether it's related to language or, you know, just understanding different things, you know. Speaking of that and the brain understanding different things... I brought it back. It's episode 25 of season five. So you go back a page on the site and check out episode 25 of our last season. We talked about liminal spaces. That's what it is. So liminal spaces are spaces that feel like they're in between. Uh, that like a hallway or a place that you, people usually, it also fits in that category of canopsia with a K, K-E-N, opsia is a uh, Greek for emptiness, opsia for seeing. And this is the thing we were talking about where it's a space where there's usually a lot of people, but then it's empty. And some of these can be more emotional than others. 
and that's John Register. John Register was the name of the guy that did these paintings in like the 50s, 60s that are of this canopsia feeling. Uh, one of my favorite here is this one. It's just like a chair at a window, and in the window is just like a cloud layer, like clouds like you'd see from an airplane window. There's a nice gloss on the floor, and it's just that one chair, and it's big and open. And uh, it's, it's heartbreaking, man. <laughs> so, yeah, art making you feel stuff. That's where it's going on. Roy, what are you talking about with the trumpet flower? Oh, 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 I know what he's talking about. Let's look at a trumpet flower really quick. Thank you, Roy. You, too, can have your name said awkwardly, repeatedly. <laughs> by Roy. In the chat. What so, up, Roy? Apparently, these do stuff to you. Not that you should. You're not a cave person. You probably don't have stuff to not die. Angels trumpets. I wonder if those are like the really toxic hallucinogenic types, though. Like, what's another one? That, uh, Belladonna, I think. Oh, that's a... But that's like highly toxic. Deadly, yeah. Angels trumpets. But this and this... So in this uh, cave, they found a cave painting that's this uh, little spiral looking thing uh it's a little circle with some spirally legs coming off and spirally legs originally it was thought to be maybe like an interpretation of a shaman's hallucinogenic experience because in those oh yeah types of uh situations it was usually the shaman that would partake and then they kind of interpret the experience for the group oh that's see that's smart that's safe because i think that hallucinogens are really important to society but they're absolutely not for everybody totally hello for me though yeah <laughs> and then it turns out that this they found some residue of a specific type of flower so if you scroll down more there's actually a, a picture of what they suspect this or what they confirm the oh, flower is because they have samples yeah it looks really similar and is this flower hallucinogenic yeah it is a uh, datura datura yeah oh, i've heard of this so this is a, a thing that like um, is like not not to be like recreational. Like you should really do hallucinogens with the idea that you'll learn something from it, and that's when you get the best experience. I wouldn't like. Uh, it's like not for party time, especially if you're holding something back. Like you shouldn't do hallucinogens if there's something that you're uh, lying to yourself about. Totally, That's yeah. my advice. I, I've totally like turned down opportunities uh, to take hallucinogens. I'm like, you know what? I know I just shouldn't because I'll, I'll be crying time. Yeah, I know it'll, I've got some stuff. Me, it'll be me just like crying in the corner. <laughs> yeah, set and setting. Totally. Or just like, man, if I ever do it alone in, in my apartment, I'm like, man, just so, why am I so dirty? <laughs> just like even if shit's not like not super messy but you see it all even just like extra shit on the table you're like my life is falling apart oh man but it's a good time to do a discography of a band that you tend to like all their songs but haven't dove in them like i had a great trip to hot ships uh discography once. good one yeah yeah that's what that's what I always found like my uh funnest times were just like listening just like turning lights off and just listening to a bunch of albums. Like that's, that's enough for me. Nice. But I think like if you do it, I mean, it's fine. You know, people do it for whatever reasons, but eventually you'll get to a point where it just like, it might tell you, you don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. Not to happen. It's been a minute for me, to be honest. 
but like I think I'm due. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the itch myself. So Holla, everybody. Make a pile. Alright, so this is this is kind of a a a quiz, pop quiz, everyone. Quiz. So there's these <laughs> like quiz enthusiasm. Yeah. Quiz. <laughs> everybody gonna do a quiz. <laughs> Quiz time, everybody. Quiz time. So they found this uh, little rabbit-sized fluffy rat that eats poisonous plants and stores the poison and uses it as a defense. And it's the only known mammal to do that. You're going to ask where this mammal... Totally. <laughs> One guess where the poisonous rabbits are. Right, because everyone is... you. I mean, it's got to be Australia, right? Hell's bells, Erica. Yeah, it's got to be, right? Africa. What? Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it's like the only mammal that does this. Oh, or the only known mammal too. that does this. It's fluffy. Yeah, it looks super cute. But uh, they store, they have like some weird like spiny things that they store poison in. Wow. And uh, it's pretty powerful. It'll totally kill your ass. We couldn't not show a fluffy animal on like easily the most depressing episode we've ever had. <laughs> it, it's like so over the top on like things to be sad and outraged about that uh, it's like you go, it's like a circle. You go past a, a certain threshold and you go back to the other side of the circle. And I'm just feeling like almost chipper in this moment. Oh, yeah. I'm just like grinning. But part of it, honestly, is that. There are times when I felt like I couldn't do this show, like emotionally, and the fact that I'm here anyway already feels like enough of a, an accomplishment that it's like overpowering a lot. Just to, that like, oh, I made it. I'm doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing, like where I feel like I belong, doing something that feels right in spite of everything, and it's not impossible. It's in fact like hopping on a bicycle again. Yeah, totally. It's it's weird. Um, so I'm like just prone to anxiety anyway. So yeah, thinking about this ship like <laughs> is pretty anxiety inducing uh, ahead of time. But that's like anything. Yeah, that's so. always been an exercise for us. This has always been something we did to practice doing something consistently as creators. Yeah, it's totally. like a, a imposed obligation to keep creating. So, but you just have to keep just do it anyway. Just yeah, fucking do it, man. And we're cheating a little bit in that part of the creation is curation, but that's a way to create too. So on that note, uh, speaking of creativity, I've got a Tony Shea story. Go so, for it. And we're going to have a few of them throughout the episode. This one comes from Ange Kerfoot. So uh, let's see. I want to get to the... Okay. So Ange, uh, from Ange... He was on the crew who supported me in squatting with Downtown Project and Life is Beautiful for the Life Cube burn, which I mentioned earlier, and gave trust that I'd book the right headlines for the burn for Life Cube Project in Vegas, which you should check out, which empowered me to stay in the arts and support uh, the arts. My favorite Tony story. I stood behind him when he prepared to hit the button to ignite the cube. Okay, the cube igniting did not happen like I thought it did, obviously, from my messed up story. <laughs> I was like, oh, people had lighters at every corner. It's like a three-story building. Anyway, so 
uh, stood behind him when he prepared to hit the button to ignite the cube that, that he had made happen in coordination with Scott Cohen, powerful Scott Cohen. I didn't want to say anything to Tony since I knew he was also appreciating the anticipation of the ignition. I recall it real clear. Uh, Chili Bean was next to him. He let her hit the button if memory serves all the way. Rest and respect. That was an epic moment. Hey, while we're on that, do you want to hear a couple more that uh, I love? I've got a couple in a row that are like on that business tip. Like Go these people it. had some cool business experiences that were also, um, what am I trying to say? Also uh, artistic related too. So one moment, I'm trying to get to that part. Comments? That's where comments live? Oh, see, I'm looking at the wrong one. Okay. Let's, let's do it. That's the suspense for me pulling up another story unsuccessfully. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> um, you'd think you'd think Facebook's app would work better on an iPhone. As, you know, when you try to edit the captions for your headline profile, I can't be the only one that can't edit them on my phone well at all. <laughs> okay. I, I don't actually. Do you have something else queued up while I try to figure out totally, how to man, look totally. at comments on something on the freaking Facebook app? Totally. Let's do it. All right. So uh, this company, they're called Cerebra Systems, have designed a computer chip that can uh, possibly process simulations faster than real time. Simulations of what? Uh, what like uh, physics systems? Holy crap! Yeah. So, what which, kind of resolution are we talking about here? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it's got a bunch of stats that are meaningless to me, really. Um, but the idea is that it could uh, process simulations. The first one they give an example of is like a, a simulation of combustion. Um. But if it can do that, which seems kind of like mind-bending, uh, that would kind of be like predicting the future. Whoa, that's not in untrue. Right? Dude, that's epic. But right now it'd be like the future of like some molecules, right? Yeah, yeah, it'd be like some very basic, you're not gonna like predict the future of what you know humans are gonna do next year or anything like that. It would be very, basic but but if um, it's faster than the molecules do it imagine that imagine what that so i've got a, a a vision for this so many of the things that are epic that humans have done have to do with extreme accuracy and the only reason why it took so long to do certain things was it took so long to get certain balances perfect uh, easy example is the internal combustion engine you have to get the right balance of this explosion making a lot of heat and this cooling system taking the heat away and all these things that if they're not exactly calibrated, the thing doesn't work and doesn't keep doing what it's doing. So when you've got something like fusion, uh, nuclear fusion is so hard because you've got to store this plasma that's so hot, it will melt anything. So you store it in a magnetic field and then try to get the heat off of it. But if you could simulate 
where tiny particles are going to be accurately enough, then you can know where they're going to be and be really specific about where you position, like, say, magnetism to contain this. Because you could move around magnetism pretty quickly, electromagnetically. And instead of just having this big thing, you've got to use, like, your own power station to make all the magnetic energy to hold this plasma, like in a tokamak. If you want to look up a cool donut-shaped fusion reactor, Google tokamak. I can just pull that up for you to get a little fun on that. But imagine if you could just have way more control over where you're applying force, basically, like in a, in a loose term. If you can apply force very accurately, it's why lasers are so powerful. You can have a laser with a light source that would be completely harmless and just all that focus and accuracy putting in, into a beam is where it gets all its energy. It's also the same reason why like a really high frequency hurts if it's uh, really narrow mm -hmm. in bandwidth. Like you can make a sound hurt and make a sound that's really, really loud with less energy if it's just a really specific frequency or like uh, the Tesla oscillators that almost shook his building down by just shaking and doing it at a really specific resonance that just happened to be the resonance of the building. When I'm able to calibrate it to that, uh, all hell broke loose. It's a cool story. Yeah, didn't they, uh, I think like Mythbusters tested that too. Didn't they like try it on a bridge or some shit and it ended up shaking the bridge pretty, pretty wild? Oh, I'm not sure. I remember watching that. Holy crap, we have some chat action to catch up on. But also with this idea, there is a, this other article that's um, a new question about, or it's a, call it a new quantum paradox. Because we have like in quantum physics, the observer paradox, where like as soon as uh, someone observes a particle, they're influencing it as well. And so you can't know two things about a particle exactly. Because by observing it, you try to observe one thing, like say it's location specifically, uh, you might not be able to, or you won't be able to accurately uh, observe the speed it's traveling or whatever, you know, or and if spin. you measure its speed, you won't be able to tell its location. Precisely. Yeah. So there's this, there's this article. I threw it in at the bottom. It's pretty mind bending. I can't explain it very well, but there's like this. So instead of the observer problem, there's they created this new thought experiment of uh, basically a double observer problem where you have a second group of people observing the observer performing the experiment. And it just, uh, depending on the outcome of the experiment, whether the uh, second observer, the observer of the first observer, like would observe the same thing or a successful experiment at all. So. It's just really, if you want, if you're into that stuff, uh, it's in the notes doc at the bottom, but it's pretty, pretty nutty. Wow. I am, Shit. oh man, I just want to get into my Facebook. <laughs> Two-factor fa two authentication would be really cool if Facebook didn't have the absolute worst version of it, where you have to go into settings and then find a sub-setting in settings where your code generator is. You have to know that there's a code generator in your Facebook app that you might not even be able to access just to now get in there. And then the other option, the only other option is to use your email, which I've blocked all my Facebook emails because they don't need a, a <laughs> shit ton of emails from Facebook. 
Uh, and then that's all, that'll only let you log in with your Google account and reset your password. And I put in the right password. And I need Facebook. I need two-factor authentication because Facebook doesn't spend any of their money and time stopping or blocking people from sending messages that say, hey, is this video of you? So you click on the video and that's like, oh, I got to log in again. And then you just gave someone your Facebook yeah. credentials. Uh, not that like I did that recently, but I totally have done that. <laughs> so I want to see if this video is in me. So I think we've all, anyway, all I'll, done it once. I'll get this sorted out at some point and actually see the comments on a post, <laughs> which was, you know what? I can probably see it in my feed instead of trying to click on the, the headline. There's always a way, but it's not intuitive from a company that literally had the motto internally move, pa move fast and break things, which I'm like <laughs> cool with part of that. But Hey, like break it on your own account. I'm trying to do business, right? Come on now. <laughs> At least fix it after you break it. Yeah. Okay. It was, I figured out where these comments were, but let me uh, go into some of the stuff on the screen here. Obviously, obviously I'm out of sorts. So, our buddy Tom, Ange mentioned this in the comments, and I got to throw it at the Radio Vegas Rocks folks. Uh, he said, I think we're just all part of one eternal, infinite thing that seems like we're having individual experiences called life, but is actually just this one thing giving us the illusion of having a separate experience. I dig that idea. So, uh, Ken Osborne from the All Together's. He played the opening of the Gold Spike years ago. Tony came up and he said, uh, praised us for a great set and invited us for a drink. He, of course, ordered his usual Fernet, which I didn't know. I'm only in this now. I'm only in this now moment wondering what Fernet is. So I have a to. cocktail. Wow, it's just it's, it's kind of Fernet, Franca. Mm. I'm, you know, learn something new every day. We're giving you stuff to learn. Anyway. Upon hearing our whiskey orders, got us a bottle each. We remarked that we didn't order a bottle and that an individual drink would do, but to which he responded, but you're working so hard out there, I wouldn't want you to all get parched. <laughs> nice. He and Allie went on to bring us back for many more gigs, both for Gold Spike and other Zappos events, employing artists, PTW, and always had a kind word and a few minutes to chat about life in general. He was a good soul. Richard Cooper. Dude. Gotta love Coop, Richard Cooper. We talked about business, but the last meeting was just as good, if not better, than the first. This is a Richard speaking. He was always ready to make investments into anything we talked about, as long as it was profitable. He, expect, he expected to invest and see that return manifest and on every project we agreed to. That's what we did. Working hard, well, him working smart, and me busting my ass to pull off an, an event, and I always walked away well-paid. Never got paid more than minimum wage, usually much less, but he paid what we agreed upon, and that's what counts. About that last meeting, we were talking about doing a fourth show of a series again on one of his properties, and I remember him being like, yeah, just send the email and we'll do it. Business was easy with him. I would rather have gone to him for a business loan than my own bank. Damn. Yeah. Fuck you, banks. And to mention the llama thing, that llama culture... That's pretty cool. I didn't have a comment on that, just that that's a thing. Anyway, obviously I'm falling apart, and this is the last episode of, this, of the year. We go dark around Christmas, uh, traditionally, and we won't see you guys again until January. So in this last hour, 
as we take a break for... Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. You smell what Snuck I'm up on me. Putting on the oven. Uh, uh, you know, think about, like... Yeah, uh, think about what you're getting in value for our show and not taking us for granted. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a way to get free from debt? Well, gather up your bills and call a Care One credit counselor today. We are credit counseling agencies that have helped 2 million people just like you. I see people every day who are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge and the bottom is bankruptcy. We pull them back and they appreciate that. You get to consolidate your payments. You only have to make one payment a month instead of worrying about three, four, or five. Care One credit counselors have experience assisting people to get out of debt and get on with their lives. To help you take your first step, they're offering a consultation and debt analysis. Call for licensing details. It is your path out. People are truly amazed when they call us and see what we can do to help them. I mean, the relief in their voices. Call us because we can do amazing things. Get your consultation and debt analysis by calling a Care One credit counselor today. One simple and confidential call can get you debt free. 800 284 1349. 800 284 1349. 800 284 1349. That's 800 284 1349. Welcome back. It's Greasy Conversation. Abruptly. Uh, not in your face, but face adjacent. Next to it. Yeah. yeah. Awkwardly close. Close enough to be really uncomfortable. I miss that, I man. Like I want some right. uncomfortable faces nearby. Uh, I'm not going to wallow in that, though, because you're listening to Greasy Conversation. And we're doing a brand new exclusive giveaway that I'm announcing right now. You could win a uh, broken <laughs> P6 LED screen. Oh, my God. It's been masterfully restored and rebuilt uh, repeatedly over the last, like, uh, seven years. And now it's hopeless. I've talked with the manufacturer uh, four years ago, and they stopped making it. But through back and forth, they got a hold of the engineer that dealt with this version and sent me config files but the card to replace that would make this stop happening is like three four hundred dollars no damn and it's like not a new enough version that you'd probably have to buy like an old one then probably like six or seven hundred 
and also there's two cards and I'm not sure which one is broken and they both cost that much <laughs> except one of them costs a hundred dollars more so nice uh, this sounds like a deal yeah and you win this you get to get that for free all that value it's really cool because it's foldable but that's also how it broke a couple times because <laughs> it's an older design there's a gigantic box oh I didn't show you the there's a a box that's like almost the size of like a eighth of the screen that weighs a lot and has loud fans because it's meant for a whole strip of these screens because you uh you hang them behind a stage and yeah you get that too because <laughs> it's i don't want to carry it around anymore <laughs> and i'm giving up on this thing because uh i thought i fixed this uh blinky issue by just turning the brightness down but now it's had the it's to the point where the brightness is all the way down it's just clearly like a semiconductor degradation it's crazy. yeah it's a, a slow death that uh, things in the semiconductor family sometimes do. It's not the power supplies, so I don't want to hear that in the comments. Because mm. I, I swapped them fellas out. Don't be thinking I wouldn't uh, swap out power supplies, you guys. That's a way you can fix lots of things. Also, I think that... Was it that? Oh. Oh, no, was it the buzzing? I'll keep an eye on the power. Yeah, yeah, I thought I uh, had that. Far, I, I had this theory that I moved the this power supply further away. It's, like, it's a generic laptop charger, and it's uh, it's making some crackle. Hopefully, it was just my headphones, and you guys didn't have to put up with it. But anyway, sometimes you get the cheaper one. We'll never know. And you never know. You never know what you're getting sound-wise. But it's a good way to like diagnose if your laptop is noisy in like a live situation. You might need a different power supply, or if you're daring, you can break the ground pin off. Because sometimes you get a, what's called a ground loop, where it acts like an antenna, some loop of ground, some loop of the ground. Anyway, it's not hopeless. Just get a different power supply. That's my... It's hopeless. Yeah. Otherwise, it's hopeless. All right. Up next, we got a... Uh, so this company claims that they've created a speaker system that will beam the sound to little uh, pockets, basically, around your ear. But... It will isolate the sound so that only you will hear it. Oh, that's cool. Well, this makes sense because if you think about if you can uh, do this with water, where you can make waves converge if you have enough control over it so that they uh, bump into each other. In fact, this happens with 5G. Um, I mentioned this in an older episode, so I'm not going to go as deep with it. But you have these little tiny antennas and... The 5G, this is like the new cell phone thing. I'm sure you've freaking heard about it, but it's millimeter waves. So the little waves are only like a, a millimeter or so big. And if you imagine how fast light moves, uh, human beings can actually change the timing of something that moves as fast as light moves over a millimeter. Like that's such mm. a tiny amount of time. And by changing the timing of these waves coming out of these little dots, it's able to make the side ones bump into the middle ones and push them into a beam mm -hmm. and actually steer the beam just with the timing of these tiny waves moving at the speed of light, moving like just being a millimeter big. Like that's so fast. Light moves a millimeter really quick. So anyway, the sound seems almost trivial in comparison to that. Yeah, so they use uh, some type of like eye tracking to 
keep track of where your uh, head is so they can accurately target your ears. That is crazy. And they use um, ultrasonic waves, which people can't hear. Yeah. But at the time they get to your ear, uh, they convert to sound waves that you can hear. Whoa. So it's not perfect yet. And it says that people nearby will still hear a small amount of sound. I'm not sure like how. <laughs> They'd have um, to. Yeah, small it is. It's obviously not going to beam it like directly into your ears, but it's a cool idea. My dad uh, would talk about this thing called boundary layer conversion that he was super schizophrenic at this point. So it's hard to confirm like how real this could be as a thing. But he would do this thing because like you can imagine my dad was like really techie and he made like test equipment for missiles for general dynamics. But get this. OK, you got to you got to hear this story briefly. <laughs> he also dropped out of college like I did. And then, like, ended up managing a Radio Shack and then just through experience and, like, knowing his stuff got in at this place where everyone else had, like, degrees and stuff. Yeah. And that's how it is with the 5G thing also. Both the two people I'm working for both have uh, doctorates. But I'm there because I can splice wire and aren't afraid to grab a wrench, but also I can code. So that combo has made me like this golden child with them and i'm not trying to brag i'm trying to inspire you guys that um not everyone has to learn code it's it kind of stays hard like it gets easier and then you keep seeing doing new things with it that are like hard fresh again mm -hmm. so it's a cool fun challenge but just doing two things in an industry where everyone's doing one whatever it is uh is big right now to just be a little bit diverse and that doesn't mean like so diverse that you don't specialize in anything, but like really pick two or three things that are adjacent to one thing, expand yourself a little bit and you can get like pretty set. Like this is a good gig that I'm going to have for a minute just because of doing both hardware and software. And it turns into this firmware thing, but there's like other ways you can approach this. I don't have like another idea on deck, but like if you're an auto mechanic and you learn how to tune, it's perfect. I mean, there's tuners and there's mechanics and uh, you don't always find them in the same body and that person can make a lot more. Yeah, totally. Um, any examples you guys have, toss them in there. But uh, I don't even know how I got on. Oh, the boundary layer conversion. His idea was higher frequency yet of like electromagnetics. So something like uh, radio waves hitting a boundary layer of air and turning into acoustic. So they're like modulated at acoustic frequencies. I, I never found anything like of that like working, but this is like humorously adjacent to that. Yeah. This actually makes sense because it's uh, still acoustic energy. It's still like just a pattern of air shaking, but high frequency and it's able to bump down in frequency, which is like, what? Yeah. How does it get over there and change frequency? It's insane. Yeah. All right. And then up next on the sound, sound game, scientists have found the highest or the max speed of sound waves in a vacuum, which I'm really fond of this because it just reminded me of uh, one of the best Pixie songs, Planet of Sound. Go back and have a listen. It's great. It's on the album Tromplemont. And then just listen to the Pixies for the rest of your life. Just do that because I said so. I'm having a tiny Coca-Cola. 22 miles per second in a vacuum. Wait a minute. How does sound travel in a vacuum? Oh, maybe not. Maybe I'm misreading that. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Eight. No, I misread that. <laughs> Obviously, uh, sound can't travel in a vacuum. Yeah, you guys. Otherwise. Uh, skeptic game strong. Otherwise, you'd be hearing people... Uh, Screaming from space all the time. Yeah. Endlessly. People, people be dying out there. <laughs> Which, like, that always... Like, about Star Trek, and maybe that's more the, the movies, the newer movies, because they're so so much more action-packed. And But sh people are dying in space all the time. I'm like, who would be signing up for that shit? <laughs> right? Because that shit seems like the most dangerous job of all time. Like, we yeah, know yeah. who. The same people that uh, climb on rocks without ropes. You know, there's daredevils out there. God bless them. It's true. That many? <laughs> to staff a, a giant spaceship? Dude. Yeah. Just ready to blow up in space? You just go to California where you've got extra of those people and they breed others. And then there's also uh, an overarching cloud of hopelessness. So you get a couple spaceships worth of Californians. <laughs> oh, Holla. You know what Jesus. I'm talking about. Yeah. We're right next door. Don't think we don't know. Right. Next is this something like, isn't it uh, approaching 50% of people like moving out of California? That's probably a made up statistic, but I think, I think it'd be bigger news if half the people left, but. It what seems. is it like 70% of statistics are made up on the spot? <laughs> it's exactly that number. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So I threw this article. It's about um, the brain and the universe being similarly constructed. Whoa. Yeah. This tripped me out. And I threw this because uh, it was Benoit B. Mandelbrot's spirit birthday. Uh, I think it was like two Fridays ago now. What does that mean? Uh, well, he's already passed. Oh, okay, that makes sense. But uh, but that was when he was born. So I just called it his spirit birthday. I'm, um, I'm with it again. If you're not familiar, Benoit B. Mandelbrot is uh, the guy who really uh, spearheaded, I guess, the mathematics of fractals, which is really cool. It's more than just, like, cool-looking shapes. Um, and so many things are fractalish, uh, like the branching of rivers, uh, your lungs, the veins in your body, all types of shit. It's Anything something that's that, kind of like, like self-referential. Yeah, it references itself repeatedly and uh, is often the most optimal way to do something. So through fractals, you see it a lot in nature because of just kind of naturally falling into um, th these uh, patterns because it's just the best way to do it. Like trying to get flower petals, for example, to have each petal where two petals meet up in the middle of the previous petal. Mm -hmm. And when you do that going around a circle, you immediately get, um, is the Mandelbrot set? The, that fractal. No, Mandelbrot set's a specific. It's this um, shape, right? That I've got yeah, on the screen now. And it's, a. Uh, it's um, really, how the thing's made is there's just a simple mathematical formula. Yeah. I'm forgetting the term for that. Like two, two, yeah, I can't remember the formula, but basically either you like plug in a number and then it produces a, an answer that you take the answer, plug it back in the formula and you just keep doing that. And then there's a bunch of, and you plot it on a graph. Um, and there are a bunch of numbers just will give garbage results that basically don't go anywhere, but a lot of them will, it'll eventually produce this shape, which is basically like infinite in a way, but it's, it's 2d, but you can zoom in basically or expand the shape to a larger size to where you can see it in more detail and it gets more complicated but it's 
And as you get in there, you eventually end up where you started again. Yeah, there'll be more of the, the <laughs> shapes, but that shape is more complicated than the original. And that, oh, happens, that, at, that happens at each layer. It just wow. adds more complexity. Um, but all the shapes like uh, reference things that have already happened uh, inside of it. But it's really cool. But there's a whole uh, just math about it, man. So much math, so much shit uh, has to do with fractals. It's pretty cool. That's a cool opportunity to do another quick flashback um, to a previous episode where we looked at this fractal video game that someone made where as you like go to the middle of it, it just keeps coming. Yeah, so it has the same principle of that the Mandelbrot set where there's just like layers of this level. And then as you go down, um, the layers get more complicated, but they all interact with each other. Yeah, there's copies of you in each one. Yeah. So you can shoot at your enemy and like keep falling and keep getting a chance to shoot at them as you fall past them. Yeah, it's a really mind bent. I've always like wanted to see something like that. I'm, I'm impressed that someone made uh, a game like that that is like functional. Yeah, you all, you all don't know, but Greg and I go back on fractals. That was like one of the first things we like bonded over was the stars sure. in our eyes over fractals. <laughs> right. No kidding. And oh, this this totally segues nicely into because I have to announce my segues. Something else I wanted to talk about, and that's when math is cool. Because, uh, you know, there's always this controversy of, like, when am I going to use math in real life? And the problem is that there's a lot of math. It's like saying, when am I going to use uh, talking in real life? <laughs> right, yeah. Like, sometimes it's going to be one kind of talking. Like, when am I going to talk about a certain topic? Like, just talking is so broad. Math is so broad. And so, for example, if I were to tell a kid right now, um, like the answer to that, uh, I would first ask them what they think they're going to do. And if they're like, I have no idea, but whatever it's going to be, it's not going to be really mathy. I don't like math. I'd be like, it's fine. Learn percentages because I don't care what kind of math you like or don't like. If you can quickly just get a feel for what percentages like mean in like the real scope of a million versus a billion. Like what a big difference there is between a million and a billion versus a uh, hundred thousand and a million or a yeah. thousand and a million or even like a hundred and a million. The difference between a hundred and a million is like, it seems like a big difference, but the difference between a million and a billion is like. Really hard to actually, <laughs> actually wrap your mind around things when you try to think of like, yeah, even especially in like dollars, people don't realize how much just more that is. It's pretty insane. And, and just how much you end up uh, moving decimal points. Just like moving decimal points in your head and being cozy with that and percentages. Like that's a good thing to practice and have on deck. But then when you get into tech, there's some easy stuff that's like not too hard to deal with. Like Ohm's Law. It's just like times and multiplication. <laughs> Excuse me. Times and multiplication. Both of those. Because they're different things. <laughs> and... Um, so Ohm's law is one that makes it happen. Um, volts times amps equals watts. Just like people, man, people are like, oh, it's got more voltage, it's got more power. Oh, it's got more amps, which you don't got amps. You draw amps. Amps are taken, uh, by the way. We got them now. Neither of these on their own necessarily mean more power. You don't get power out of nowhere by just bumping up a voltage or taking a voltage down. Because in either case, the amperage available changes. That's the other thing. Volts you give, amps you take. 
it's watts that's really the power, and you have to times one times the other to get what power actually is, and that's watts. So, uh, you know, get that in your head. <laughs> and I think, it's like, important. to nerd out on math for a minute, yeah. like, prob the problem is, like, in high school, it's so, it's so boring because it's just, like, all these, it's all algebra, and they don't teach you that, like, math is a way to think about the world and solve problems yeah. um, in a different way or describe the world in a more concrete way. Uh, but there's some like cool subjects just to where you don't have to have a really deep understanding of math and you can still kind of get it like set theory, which deals with like infinities and there being, which like you think like there's just the infinite or an infinite amount of numbers, but there's, it turns out there's ways to think about it where some infinities are bigger than others, which is really trippy at first. Um, Vsauce goes into this pretty cool. I also want to shout out uh, Veritasium. But uh, when it comes to making some crazy math concepts feel existential and trippy, uh, you guys, um, yeah, Vsauce won. Michael, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know. Got, this is a YouTube channel. Highly recommend if you want to get, like, your mind blown on some stuff. that Really, like, you get taken on a ride. Like, uh, one was a uh, bro. Oh man, it's hopeless to try to. <laughs> it was such a cool word that I'm so sad I forgot. Yeah, brocrasta something curve. It Get, it's so worth it. <laughs> Brochure, no. <laughs> oh man, curves. So there's this curve starts with a B, and it turns out if you have a curve that goes like below where you want to end up at. And then you get there, like say a roller coaster that or a hill you're rolling down. You can get there, like, at the same speed as like it going, or faster. Oh man, never mind. <laughs> homework, sauce, you guys. That's homework for homework for next year. So your brain and the universe are like creepily similar. Yeah, the layout, the way, uh, like the neurons in your brain are spread out and the way the universe is kind of like condensed in pockets and strands uh, for like a big picture view. Especially because we're seeing what apparently is like strands of dark matter or dark energy that I mix up all the time that we're like discovering seem to be connecting bodies in the universe like mold arms. Yeah, and even the numbers are similar. So it's like uh, predicted around 70% of the energy matter in the universe is dark energy. And like 77% uh, mass of the brain is water. So there's all these kind of like, uh, what the fuck is the word? My brain's not working. So Erica in the chat's talking about being in math hell. I'm kind of curious about what kind of math you're having to deal with, Erica. Recently, I had to do some trig. And fortunately, there's so many shortcuts and stuff too, because I never learned trig in school. But I had a graphics calculator, and I loved making spirograph shapes on it. Um, just looking up different trig functions that I didn't know were trig functions. I just was using the manual, and it just had examples. And I was like, wow. And what I later recently learned is uh, phi and theta. I would get those symbols going and make cool. It was like electronic spirograph. Do you guys remember spirograph? Hell yeah. I freaking loved spirograph. I'm going to bring up a picture really quick just because it's on, on topic. Graph. It was definitely one of those things that could be super boring or super exciting yeah i had and definite phases with it it's 
you don't feel neutral about Spirograph. So algebra, geometry, and pre-calculus. Calculus, I never really uh, uh, understood what it was. So just like a blank sheet of paper on that. Algebra, I have to do, not a week goes by that I don't do algebra. Yeah. Because huh. in the electronic stuff um, and writing code, there's you have variables in code. So honestly, lately it's been like algebra every day. Because code is just, it's a lot of Boolean too. Boolean is probably my favorite kind of math because it's just true, false, and it's just like logic. And you just set true, false states like, oh, am I in this mode? True. Oh, I don't want to be in that mode anymore. I'm false at that. And then you check, are we in that mode? Nah. Well, then we got to be in this mode. So just tons of if statements. And if you're cozy with if statements in one language, turns out that just hauls over to whatever language. Yeah, it's kind of like DAWs, uh, digital audio workstation software. You learn one, you can pretty much do music on other ones. Turns out it's like that with code to a certain extent. If you get used to, above all else, what your if statements look like, I feel like that's the the real brain of a lot of code. I'm still tripping on object oriented versus like non, because say in JavaScript, it's all about the individual object that you're going to do stuff with. And every time you're doing stuff to an object, that can all happen at once. And if something mm -hmm. finishes first, it'll happen first, even if it's later in the code. Mm. Where I'm more used to stuff like C, where the instructions happen in order. And it's yeah. all about instructions. You do things to objects rather than you have objects that you have stuff done to them. So it's just kind of the order in which you prioritize. Mm. And then it's uh, kind of things can there's overlapping between the concepts but it's not something i apparently have to get too well to explain when i'm like doing it for a living daily <laughs> still and it's not a bad what not not a bad way to get by but i also think it's kind of messed up when people just think everyone can code but i guarantee a lot of you that don't think you can code could actually very easily um there's people out uh, everywhere, you might be one of them that don't think of someone of yourself as someone that can code that you might be able to do it in your sleep. I kid you not. Um, there's so many more people out there. There's, there's so many people that like, I'm one of them. I didn't think I'd do code well. And I did it as a kid for fun, goofing off on computers. And I got really scared of it after just doing like at worst JavaScript and like web time. Then when I got into the Arduinos and started doing C++ with uh, little gadgets I made, that libraries handle most of it. It's just a bunch of if statements. So don't be afraid of code, but also if you don't want to do it, don't feel like it's just uh, something that you feel like you have to do if you really hate it. Also, try a lot it of it's like... Try it out is what I'm saying. A lot of it's you can find, like if you're trying to do something, you can find someone who's like done that thing before. Yes. A lot of the time. So like stuff's already done and it's, a lot of it can be research. That's the best thing about having a job that you do on a computer is that... There's no, like of all the things in life that you can Google and research and get help on, uh, if it takes place on a computer, you're going to find 10 times more help. Way more message boards and wow, I'm touching the mic a lot if you haven't noticed. <laughs> uh, you can find help on doing stuff on a computer, using your computer better than you can find help on anything else on there. Yeah. Uh, Stack Exchange, Holla. There's someone that's had your problem and you can copy and paste their code, change the variables, and you just get used to what's inside of what 
is just think about things being inside other things and keep an eye on opening and closing the beginning and end of what's the what's enclosing something. That's it. Those are the two concepts. You get if statements and you get that things go inside of other things. Then you can code already. I just taught you how. Congratulations. <laughs> nice. But I mean, I know that uh, it's just it's just perfect for a mechanical head. Like if you think you can like turn wrenches and unscrew stuff and do mechanical things, that's the kind of head that's good at code. And there's lots of folks that aren't mechanical like that and that are great at other things. Like for example, tends to be like a lot of like uh, life science people and like biology people that can be like really great scientists that. Uh, wouldn't be as mechanical, but are like still way smarter than me. So it takes all kinds. That's my point. It's another point. Hey, look at we've got some fire. Yay! It's nice and roast some marshmallows. Totally, and it's all, it's one. It's not rainbow colored anyway. All right, should we do our last round of uh? We got it. All right. My doctor prescribed me Viagra. It wasn't covered by my insurance, so it was costing me like $65 a pill. That's expensive. Over 20 million guys like us use Viagra. Over a certain age, we just need it. I found a way to pay less than $3 a pill and get virtually the same effect of the $65 pill. I heard an ad just like this on the radio called, and for $99, I got 40 generic versions of the $65 pill. Save yourself money and call right now now and get over 40 pills for $99. There's no embarrassment here to use Viagra. If we're over 50, we need it, but not at high prices. Call now with your credit card and get the 40 pill special for just $99. 800-626-6538. That's 800-626-6538. Looking for a way to get free from debt? Well, gather up your bills and call a Care One credit counselor today. We are credit counseling agencies that have helped 2 million people just like you. I see people every day who are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge and the bottom is bankruptcy. We pull them back and they appreciate that. You get to consolidate your payments. You only have to make one payment a month instead of worrying about three, four, or five. Care One credit counselors have experience assisting people to get out of debt and get on with their lives. To help you take your first step, they're offering a consultation and debt analysis. Call for licensing details. It is your path out. People are truly amazed when they call us and see what we can do to help them. I mean, the relief in their voices. Call us because we can do amazing things. Get your consultation and debt analysis by calling a Care One credit counselor today. One simple and confidential call can get you debt free. 800-284-1349. 800-284-1349. That's 800-284-1349. Your new favorite internet radio station, RadioVegas.rocks. Whoa, greasy conversation on Radio Vegas Rocks. Where'd you go? Where did we go? Welcome to our most epically bummer episode we've ever had. <laughs> I'm straight up proud of it at this point. Yeah, me too. I'm, I, I have, this has been on my mind. I have noticed this because I'm a plebe who has YouTube commercials still. But uh, a lot of the ads I've seen now that we're moving into the Christmas season are of people like still making sure to give gifts but they're doing it all over zoom huh so the show commercials of like 
them talking over the computer but some you know someone's opening a gift on the other side whatever whatever happens but i'm like man these they're like you better not stop buying shit even if you aren't going to see each other better not stop buying shit you motherfuckers shoot i've been buying because uh it's been a weird pandy for me going between like broke and okay like back and forth for a minute but when the okay bursts have happened I have been irresponsible. <laughs> so you're welcome, economy. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Nice. But, uh, you know, tools. It's good when you buy tools. And uh, music gear counts as tools. It's true. And, like, I haven't bought anything new. That's one thing, is I've supported other people selling their used and broken stuff. Some things I bought straight up not working and fixed them. So that's, like, takes things out of landfills. So I'm going to pet my pet myself on the back anyway there's been a lot of that today i'm sorry it's uh clearly uh overcompensating for uh obvious festering depression so four generations of among us uh speaking of zoom meetings my thanksgiving that i thought was going to be like the bummerest ever turned out to be awesome because my sweet family on my uh, uh on both sides uh, dad's side checked in Love them. Thank you, uh, Sam. And the grandma on my mom's side. Why? It's the worst way of explaining this. <laughs> so my cousin's kids, young, grandma, old, all played Among Us, four generations of Among Us. And we did it the way where it was on Zoom so we could like see each other and we talked during the rounds, but like went silent if we died. Mm -hmm. And even when we'd like announce... Uh, like someone was near us right before going silent and looking grumpy. People would be talking too much to each other to even know, yeah. to even catch it. So it was so nice. And then when my grandma uh, was the imposter, even new to the game, because this is not how my family is like both techie on both sides. Uh, well, obviously this grandma that's like ultimate gadget grandma, but also like this sweet, nice lady with a Puerto Rican accent. And after being the imposter and just demolishing us, she said, I kill everyone. <laughs> so happy and excited. The one you never, never yeah. one you least expect. <laughs> I kill everyone. And like they were quoting her and laughing about it saying, oh, she's it's so funny. And Mamita was all, Mamita's like, I killed everyone. I'm like, no, she said it not past tense, killed. She said present tense, <laughs> I kill. very purposefully, I kill everyone. <laughs> Oh man, sinister grandma. Classic. All right. So fun. Now we got. So this is kind of a surprising study, but it links mindfulness and meditation to narcissism and spiritual superiority. Wait, wait, wait. How is this link? This is so. Funny. Yeah. So it's it's basically the idea of not everyone, obviously, but um, some people find themselves feeling superior because uh, maybe they they meditate a lot and they might feel like they're better than other people internally, I guess is what it sounds like. And this is like a self-reported study. So. Oh man, I just, you know when you stare off into space for a moment because you think something might be about you? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm definitely one of those people that like sometimes I have like negative self-talk and I can be hard on myself. And in those moments are when I'll like speak and act the most pompous. Yeah. Like when you catch me really uh, uh, tooting my own horn, that's when I'm like 
like this whole episode. It's like the worst. <laughs> uh, and also, con- like conversely, I would say, um, when I feel like uh, most actually like weirdly superior internally and uh, just confident, mm-hmm. it's definitely when I've been able to have the most time to be mindful and made uh, some like meditation time or just generally like haven't been as hustle and bustle and just generally could be more mindful. Mm. And it's, it should be encouraging y'all. Cause like, it's not a bad feeling. <laughs> like that's a bonus. It doesn't mean that like all these people meditating and trying to be spiritual are like also narcissistic jerks. It means that you can have the delightful warm blanket of uh, narcissism in your life by being <laughs> more uh, spiritual and mindful, uh, maybe like, ritualistic and like a lot of spiritualism happens from like connecting with other people and having a positive experience with others which is valuable too yeah and there's a difference between like i mean just being like more confident and all that stuff and actual like clinical narcissism which is totally unhealthy and like good point not cool solid um but yeah i mean being more confident or feeling like better about yourself because you're meditating it's like clearing out some cobwebs or some bad feelings and all that that's totally fine yeah, and I don't mean to equate uh, sometimes being a cocky bastard to being full on narcissistic. Neither, and it's yeah, good totally. to be to nourish some like confidence in yourself, and uh, like do some things and celebrate some things that you've done that you're proud of. And it's good to like take tiny victories, totally. break big tasks into smaller, more manageable uh, tasks. So, like a big project, you just chip away. Just take a bite and uh, re- like celebrate that you did that, and pretty soon something daunting is done, and you can finish a project, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, calling out. <laughs> um, so and then uh, also. Wait, hold I- on. I never finished the whole thing with that, so I left it off like my dad was this rocket scientist. It doesn't end there. He didn't want to work on a missile that would hurt people. He worked on a missile that blew up other missiles, which is cool. Uh, I appreciate that about him. So he quit. Uh, Weeks later, uh, his whole department was laid off with a giant severance, parachutes all day. And he like never emotionally recovered from that. Damn. Because he didn't take the time to create uh, to completion. I mean, he'd start projects and not finish them. That's one thing. Lots of people do that but not having like an artistic outlet, not pursuing music. Like he loved and analyzed music like a musician, but didn't create any. He made like the first half of his synthesizer, like the faceplate, And then that was, you know, that sat in a box until he was just like cobbling things together to talk to satellites because the schizophrenia had progressed and you can't treat meth. Uh, you can't treat schizophrenia with meth, at least not for long. And the medication sucked at that point, but like they didn't get the best chance. And there just like wasn't the best like adult understanding of like your place in the universe and the kind of insight you get from being a part of a community, creating things and making art. Like my dad had just made art. He wouldn't have descended into a derelict that had to like live with his parents and fall apart emotionally until he died of jaundice like a baby. Yeah. So art is that important. It can like make or break an entire human soul. And I have a lot of sympathy for when the schizophrenia got to a point where it was like screaming in his head a couple times at work a week 
and it's hard to do a job like that. Yeah, totally. And, like, I'm not uh, about to say that he should have, like, uh, worked harder or got another job or, like, worked with that kind of mental condition. No, and... But the time that there wasn't screaming in his head, maybe if he made some art, he could have had some reconciliation with some of these voices or at least given more meaning to his life when it was there and had the motivation to try more things to treat it and just to try to do more for it, even if it was impossible. Just like the level of hope that you get when you have uh, catharsis and the amount of communication, music and dance are the, are the two things that make your whole brain light up. All of your brain can talk to itself. And I know from repeated personal experience that when you can make some music or art, you can make a part of your brain that's creating that get right into your eyes and right into another part of your brain, right into your ears or whatever, uh, that's not getting it. You can talk to yourself and talk the, the part of you that also steers the ship sometimes, but isn't getting through to the rest of you. You can get a consensus doing things like this, creating anything. And when you get that communication with yourself, like any disorder uh, mentally is much easier to tame and live with. And sometimes it's not about making something go away. Sometimes you can make what would be diagnosed as a mental problem become an advantage. Yeah. There's definitely like a, Generally, artists have a higher, like, creative people of all types, not specifically, like, artists as in... Yeah, you uh, don't have to be painters. an artist. You could be a craftsperson. Because, uh, like, um, and our art occurs when you're making this completely original thing. But there's no substitute for craftsmanship when you can create that thing reproducibly at scale. Reproducibly. You can keep making it at scale. Um, that's amazing. Engineering is another kind of creation. Curation is really valuable, too, to... And it seems like if you can't create, curate, take a bunch of creations and, and collect and gather and help people be a tastemaker. This is also a, a way to, to talk to yourself in this way. This also does the trick. And there ain't no one that can't do that. Come on now. What do you love? Find 10 of those things. Show someone. Um, it's as simple as like, hey, you like cursive. Have you heard of Sunny Day Real Estate? Uh, so there's no excuse not to output. Um, it's going to help you talk to your brain. And <sighs> believe us, like, uh, it's, it's one of the ways that we are able to function at all as people. Because otherwise Super. I know both of us would just, like, fall apart in this life emotionally and then physically and we'd be long dead if it weren't for creating things. And there's people Second. wandering out there that are in that same hole, and it's hard to come out of it. So I don't have all the answers, but that's that one of them. I have that answer. <laughs> all right. So we got uh, a big engineering goof. This oh, is just, that's fun. Yeah, this is really great. So uh, they were drilling in this lake oh this is a classic story oh is it okay if you hadn't heard about this story oh man i'm so stoked to get to introduce introduce you guys to this keep going greg oh no so they were drilling in this lake uh and it turns out there was a salt mine under the lake which they thought they were <laughs> they thought they were far away from the salt mine but they weren't so this uh the drill gets stuck and they can't pull it out 
And then eventually I, they, they pull it out and it just starts draining the entire lake. Yes. Which I just like, that's such a tremendous, tremendous fuck up. The mine had been there for over a hundred years. Yeah. But I, they didn't know like they were right on top of it, I guess. The crew were able to escape to the shore where they watched the 46 meter, that's a 150 foot rig, disappear in what used to be a three meter deep lake. A 10 foot, oh, the lake was only 10 feet deep though. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it swallowed up their whole situation. Yeah, I think this is a uh, new footage of it. A nearby like island a slid into the hole. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like, I couldn't imagine being in that situation and just seeing you're like, oh shit. Water launched 400 feet into the air out of the mine's opening. Damn. When this island f slid in. Just classic, man. So you said there's a new video of this? Yeah, I think one of the videos, uh, that one in the middle. Sick. Down a bit. It was yeah. right there. Epic. I mean, I saw something with the hole in the water, and it was nuts. Oh, I think I just saw a ship, like, sliding in. Oh, man. So, I, I always want to accept cookies. I just... Oh, no. One day, I mean, we have we can log in one place and have it log in a bunch of other places. Why can't I accept cookies in one place and just keep those, those shits accepted? I'm such a cookie acceptor, and I feel like I'm not being accepted. I feel invalidated by all this asking for my cookies. Like I don't exist or something? Yeah, like yeah. I haven't been through this with you guys. You, we don't have a relationship. Are you, trying to say, are you trying to say I don't accept cookies? What the fuck? Yeah, you're trying to treat me like some person that can't handle a cookie or two? What is this? And oh, that, there's some gear swirling around. It gets, it gets sucked in. Damn. Bye-bye. I love it. <laughs> and then I had to... This is a feel-good uh, video yes. for the holiday season. Uh, it's the best drunk squirrel video of all time. Oh, that's right. You've been holding this one out. Yeah. Because who doesn't love drunk squirrels? So he just... Uh, they left some pears out in this little bowl for the fella. And they fermented. And so he got a taste... There's Not also that. a jaguar rolling around hallucinating. Ah, cute overload. That swirls like asleep on the wood by with its face. Um, substance like uh, animals get messed up a bunch of different ways all over the animal kingdom. Yeah, a, totally. a huge amount of research into animals using and abusing drugs, dependingly, uh, has been swept under the rug for our entire adult life. Yeah. In childhood, like uh, it's all coming out. That it turns out, uh, biology is biology, and we've been people like to get creatures like to get fucked up. Yeah. And then if you scroll down about halfway, there's the video of this guy. Oh, cool. I'm having uh, a... down far, farther, farther. Oh, okay. Farther. Thanks under, for your guidance. Under that. What the heck are we looking at? Jaguar hallucinogenic. Oh, oh here right we go. There. Oh, wow! His little tilted head. So it's another good time to... Oh, this is super adorable. Holy crap. This dude. He's like leaning back. I've been there, back. bro. Oh, man. I've been there, bro. <laughs> oh, man. He's got the spins. Yeah. This is that Big lean, time, man. That lean back. This this squirrel's leaning hard. Thanks for that tail. Oh, and he snapped snapped back. <laughs> oh, man. And then he goes right back to it. Bigger oh, bigger than before. No. Oh, a little sit down. Yep. 
So this is a good time to mention that if you go to greasyconversation.com and click on any one of our episodes, you can also get access to, for free, our news notes in a Google Doc with no restrictions on you looking at it. That has all our notes, that's what I'm saying. You go to our website. These notes are special because we've got links to a bunch of cool articles like this that we curate every week that we don't get to all of them on the show ever. So there's always fun Easter eggs. And it's also a great way to enjoy what we do if you don't like us. Or if you've got friends and family that you want to have them uh, get access to all this cool stuff that we uncover in science and technology and also just weird stuff that you should have heard about. And you're embarrassed to have them actually hear our show. They can go to these episodes and get access to all these links and news and you can enjoy it that way too. And I really think that that's if this show isn't for everyone that part's at least for a lot of people and uh you might be depriving people that care about you of this yeah and like amazing a lot drunk of, squirrel situation right and a lot of the the science stuff is pretty heady and we're laymen when it comes to like deep science stuff so if you want a deeper dive you can get it from the real horses mouths yeah. those science horses so, mouths there and some of them will like have links to the the actual studies and stuff if you're into that which a lot of it can be a uh, pretty jargony but interesting to read nonetheless yeah so there's that and, and then there's the whole spectrum there's there's more there's always more drunk animals and bird news that we don't always get to in the show so we've got you bioheads too yeah and a lot of, we end up with psychological stuff in there that's hard to talk about the show, but it's really interesting. There's just like another episode's worth of cool stuff hidden in every episode's show notes. And uh, I, I haven't even thought of monetizing it, so you should get it now while it's not covered in ads. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I Public guess service game. This is, a, this is a good one to end on. So this uh, AI camera was that was used to for a soccer game ended up tracking one of the refs bald heads through more of the game than it should have like uh you know should have done it at all <laughs> ruined soccer game for fans after mistaking referees bald head for a ball yeah oh man so it just it just mistook his head for a ball and the you know the camera is programmed to track the ball and it got confused see this is ai going too far you still can't cut costs to the point that you don't have a freaking um, DP, the director of photography, you're all, you, you all. Like, just changing the freaking angle, like, just, you, <laughs> you should have been stuck on that camera if, if someone wasn't overworked with too many jobs. Because right. uh, you can't, the, the idea is that you use robots and AI to make people's lives easier and better and still hire enough people to manage that stuff. Can't go all the way yet. Anyway. I see. My thought was that the AI did this purposely to mock the guy. So it's our first evidence that AI is <laughs> uh, sentient and it's also vindictive. Nice. Or malicious. Dude, solid angle on that. And that's it. Merry Christmas. Get out of here, you fucks. Yeah, this is the last episode of the year. We're going to see you in January. We wanted to make sure we sent you off as sad as possible. Uh, <laughs> Go the, listen to all that fucking Christmas music. We hope that we gave you a nice send-off on a nice low note. Yeah, so man. when things come back, we can you know, have under-promised to then over-deliver. 
and uh, you have all helped us be chipper in this moment and have a way better attitude than I thought I was going to have. I totally thought I was going to like cry for half this episode. <laughs> and it just, I feel like I've been psychotically chipper this whole time and well, it's felt great. Yeah. We still haven't done any crying on air. We'll have to get to that sometime <laughs> next year. It's only a matter of time. Happen. It's going to happen. I, it's weird to think that happened at least once. Anyway. Wow. Something to look forward to. Here's to next year for Cheers. some real crying and also just being able to do this and like do something that makes you feel like uh, something that you do feels right in a moment. And even if it's, um, you know, painting with salt on the counter or something that might seem meaningless, if you can get some catharsis out, if you can curate some art or um, make some, or what were some other things? Engineer things, try to solve a problem, just do something where you have a goal and you achieve a goal, no matter how stupid the goal is, it's really gonna help us all get through this. And that's the send off. See you next year. Same without you either, man. Yeah, LiDAR vacuum. I want LiDAR on a bunch of stuff. <laughs> LiDAR every day.